This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. We are a three-man crew tonight. We have the king of Kentucky backpacking with us tonight, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, on the show with us tonight, man. Much love there. Yeah, brother. We're glad to have you on here. As always, I'm John Kelly with my my good friend, the redheaded, uh, I will call you the prince of Kentucky backpacking since you're sitting there with your father right now. Backpacking with dad. Backpacking (laughs) with dad tonight. (laughs) He's not actually my dad for the record. Yeah, I had somebody Whatever. congratulate me on having children with that shirt you all got. Dad. He was like, oh, I didn't know you was expecting. Awesome, man. You're going to be a dad dad. I was like, no, I'm not. It's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, and I want to say I am so excited. Got to talk to her a little bit before um, we started. Nikki, she is going to be our guest tonight. And the the things that she's done, so she just hopped on. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm out sailing right now. And she's telling me all about her boat and the boat that she's on. And her story is absolutely amazing. It's everything from, I mean, it seems like she's done it all. And I'm sure that we could talk for hours and hours. We're going to do an hour tonight, but uh, we got we to do something real quick, though. Okay. They're already busting on you, bro. Oh. Mark goes what? hiking. Time for Stringer to have merch. Oh. And here's the response. Mark, you know it ain't happening. <laughs> you know so uh, folks, all i can say is just keep keep sending out the messages let jeremiah know that we have a need for a what's going on hikers back what's like backpacks jackets <laughs> shirts hats stickers you name it we want it all we want it all. am i right jason I was going to say a go next might be on there, but oh. maybe. Oh, diss me with the go <laughs> Yeah, we could get a sponsored go shirt. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, what's going on, hikers? That's not too bad, though. I'll work on it. Yeah. I'll work, work on it. But enough about it. me. Enough about me. Yeah. I, I want to bring in our guest tonight because I know it, it's going to be. Look, all things outdoors says I'll get a Kentucky University tattoo before. <laughs> University of Kentucky, Jeremy, come on. Uh, and they're asking for Jason merch. One life, live oh. it. Oh, oh, there you go, Jason. Got one life. Live it. Nice. <laughs> He's got the soundboard. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, anyway, enough about me. Our guest, she she has trained as a chef and EMT, rock climbing. I mean, she hiked the Appalachian Trail. PCT. Yeah, PCT. And um, motorcycle everywhere. Yeah, motorcycle. I love the motorcycle. Nine wrote, lives. Wrote her book called Push On. And very inspirational, shares a lot of different stories. John, why don't you go ahead and bring her in? All I'm going to say before we bring her in is this woman is one of the toughest ladies you're ever going to see in your entire life. She is highly impressive. Uh, Just reading her story is is unreal. And on top of it all, she has one of the coolest accents you're ever going to hear in your life. So we're (laughs) going to go ahead and bring in Miss Nikki (laughs) Rellin right now. Yeah. How are you, Nikki? 
Hey, awesome. Hey, Nikki. <laughs> so, Catamaran in Georgia, Jekyll Island. I just sailed from Brunswick on a different boat, left my own boat, left my cat behind me. And I'm um, right now in Jekyll Island and we're heading uh, tomorrow south on the way uh, to St. Augustine. Wow. Along awesome. the Golden Isles and all the beautiful little tiny harbors. Sounds like and, you're living um, a rough life. I know. Salute on that. Salute. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so, Nikki, I don't remember where I discovered your story, but I definitely saw you on Instagram. You got back to me. And on there, I saw your name is Bionic Gypsy. So, where is this Bionic coming from? Well, when you hike in the Appalachian Trail, there's a hiking trail that goes from Georgia up to Maine, 2,200 miles. People are giving each other trail names because you're doing something out of the ordinary and then you're getting an ordinary name. And um, my body's uh, by definitely bionic. I have three pelvic screws in my pelvic. My femur is completely uh, bionic. I have a couple of screws in my femur, femur, femur joint and my femur and my knee joint. And then, uh, of course, the prosthetic leg is definitely bionic as well. And my shoulder surgery, a couple of screws there as well, too. So definitely I'm bionic. <laughs> Oh, amazing. How many times have you dislocated your shoulder? Oh my goodness, don't ask me again. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I dislocated my shoulder during free fall skydiving out of an airplane. And then I uh, heard this horrible click sound and my shoulder was out of socket. And on the right side, when you're free falling, there's your parachute trick on. And you really want to pull your parachute trick on your right side. And then uh, I was um, in kind of a panic mode and I just realized. That I found on my left side of my body a um, uh, reserve parachute trigger, so I was able to pull with my left side. Because if you're moving, if your left arm over to your right hand, uh, right over to your right pelvic, you can go upside down, and your parachute wraps you around like a like a burrito. Oh my goodness! You don't want to do that. You want to be definitely stable and facing always facing down, and not being upside down and wrapping your parachute around like a burrito. So thanks God I was able to pull with my left hand the reserve parachute and I landed out of sight the uh, the horse uh, the, the drop zone in a horse pasture and then I was thinking I survived and I was sitting there and all of a sudden horses came in full gallop towards to me and I felt like they stumbled me to death and they stopped right in front of me and they started oh, sniffing at me and I thought uh, they thought probably I was a bundle of hay or something to eat but yeah oh, <laughs> anyway, wow. I was, gonna, I, I was gonna. I was gonna ask loves. you if you wrestle bears too. Like I, I don't know. Like you just seem like you do oh, she everything. Has a bear story. She has you have a bear to read story. my book. Push on my walk yes. recovery and ablation trail. You can read the. You can read about the bear story there as well. I actually, I wrestle almost with a bear. But you have to read the book to get the all the details. <laughs> I was kidding. I didn't realize <laughs> no, that was a real no. bear. There's the a book. bear. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Definitely a bear story. A horrible bear story. A really exciting bear story. I tell you. <laughs> and you're wow. here to talk about it. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> wow that that is so wild so you you did do the appalachian trail you did the pct before right? right and then you had if i remember correctly it was a repelling accident and uh you had some difficulties with the harness that you bought and then that ended up with you pretty much shattering your leg beyond repair right yeah, that was a stupid mistake. It's what happens when you're coming from a beginner to advanced and you're not double-checking your gear over and over again, like the way it's supposed to be checked. So my harness was in someone else's truck um, when I did a repel the weekend before, and then I just followed up the following weekend with him 
at the same location and I just grabbed my harness at 4 a.m. in the morning because when you're doing canyoneering, it's not rock climbing. You're entering inside a canyon and you're walking your way down. And then the last um, rappel of that day was like a 250 foot rappel. And I just purchased from someone else like a European harness and has like a different kind of a setup and uh, different extra features added onto it. So I did must not configure right um, the, the loop was not uh, with the rope the right way. It was uh, looped through to the synthetic loop instead of the metal loop, but it was not obvious from the outside to see that right away. So when I did the 250 foot repel and I started my descent, it's on self repel so you have always the opportunity to come to a complete stop on your own. But I was descending really, really rapidly and I was spinning like in 363 degrees, oh decrease turns really fast and faster down the canyon. And then I was really determined to come to a stop and figure out what's causing this carousel going faster and faster and faster all around in circles. And as soon as I pushed so hard on that uh, self-repel, that's when I heard a click sound, like skydiving, and it's located on my shoulder, and I was had a dislocated shoulder. But this time, I didn't have a parachute, and I was in free fall. And then I screamed very loud, Scheiße! You know what that means? <laughs> 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 but it was as soon as I screamed Scheiße, I was unconscious. And then I... Um, you know, when uh, people have car accidents and they, uh, they are drinking too much, actually have a higher chance to survive because they are going to have, uh, they don't stiffen, stiffen up and unpresentation because when you're a little bit drunk, you loosen more up. And the good thing when you're being unconscious, when I impacted with the ground, I was way more relaxed and my body didn't anticipate it in compact because otherwise I would broken way more bones than I already broke when I free fall 45 feet of the remaining distance of 250 feet. So I landed first on my left foot. With that impact, I shattered my pelvic, my spine, all my ribs, my sternum. I collapsed my left lung, and then I also broke my middle finger, too. You see my middle finger? It's all crickets. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a fall. Nice. I really broke my middle finger. I'm not making that up right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> no fake news. <laughs> well, right wow. now, there's already somebody who says they want your hat, so... Of all my the hat? that are going on, they want your hat. That's that's the thing. Oh, my hat. So, I bought it in Guatemala. That's why I learned Spanish. Hola, como estas? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, bien. You too? Oh, está bien. Tú hablas español. Ya, mi importante, mucho can importante, yo alemán, muchas veces, por favor. So I I had a like student teaching abroad experience where I lived in Ecuador for a little while and my Spanish got to be where I could understand some but couldn't carry on a conversation and it is on my my list of things to do is to learn Spanish because my wife and I want to do the Camino de Santiago and I think it would be really nice to be completely fluent in Spanish, even though I don't think it'd be necessary to do the Camino, but being fluent in Spanish, I think it'd be awesome. And it would help add to like understanding the culture when I'm there. But there's yeah, nothing more entertaining definitely. than I listening mean, to a guy with a Southern accent, try and speak Spanish. <laughs> there, there, there's, yeah. there's nothing more entertaining. I think in this whole world than hearing someone from no, Kentucky. The problem, try and speak what Spanish. I have to tell you is facing, um, when you're going to Europe, everybody speaks in Europe, English. So everybody wants to practice their English on you. So the opportunity you can practice your German or Spanish is really almost zero. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, have to go to, you have to go to Latino Americana. You have to go to uh, Honduras, Guatemala, Puerto Rico, Mexico. That's where you really speak the language. You, know, you can practice it every day. Yeah, yeah. living in Ecuador. In Europe, everybody wants to practice on your Spanish. 
I'm sorry, it's it's very difficult to practice yeah. a new Yeah, that's okay. So I was gonna say I've heard what you were saying about how um, you were pretty much passed out by the time that um, your body was making yeah. impact there. Yeah. I've heard yeah. of people like getting tossed in a tornado and you know, they're, they get knocked out or they're asleep and they actually survive, even though they've been thrown tens of feet or hundreds of feet. And the reason why is because their body's so limp, like you're saying. Right. Yeah. So I, people I'm sure are going to read your book. Um, and in that book, you know, you, you talk about your road to recovery. How long was it from the time where you finally had made the decision that, Hey, it's necessary to um, to remove part of your leg to actually setting foot on the Appalachian Trail. So it was funny. Um, so I flew for forty five feet of a canyon wall. It took eight hours before I finally ended up in the hospital, and um, and I um, landed upside down and um, on the uneven terrain of the bottom of the canyon. I was facing downhill. Uh, facing down to the dirt, and then my friends trying to do spine precaution. Good thing I had a paramedic training, and I yelled at my friends, if you're not moving me uphill right away because I had a collapsed lung, then you guys can uh, uh, perform CPR compressions on me. So they moved me really quickly uphill. As soon as they moved my body, I heard crepitus. Crepitus means when bone and bone scraping against each other. It's a horrible Ooh. sound like fingernails on a chalkboard. So that I knew I had a broken pelvic as a paramedic. I know you can bleed internally empty in less than 45 minutes. So I told my friends to make a tourniquet means like from two slings or like a belt to make something around my pelvic to keep my pelvic back together because I had an open book fracture and you want to bring the pelvic back together so it prevents internal bleeding. So I was still able to function in that, uh, in that severe pain to tell all this stuff to my friends. And as soon as they placed me down in the um, uneven terrain of the canyon facing up my upper body up because I could breathe again then i thought they placed me in a sharp rock so i thought the entire time why did i place me in a sharp rock until i realized when i was back in the hospital it was actually my broken spine so what i'm uh, saying what i'm trying to tell you with that story is the pain was so freaking severe that i hold hands with my friends for mental support and holding hand and hand with each other i think that kept me kept me going that kept me conscious because if i had faded the second time in unconsciousness I would probably not sitting here anymore. I mean, I was, I mean, I'm a miracle patient right now. Think about it. People falling off a freaking ladder and dying. And I'm free for 45 feet of a canyon wall. So, but guess what? Eight hours later, I made the final to the hospital. And in between, before the little helicopter, because the main helicopter couldn't land and I had dropped off the nurse and the paramedic. And then six hours later, they put me finally up with uh, morphine. Then I had to fly in with the small helicopter, the big helicopter. And then a big helicopter, the air. The air pilot said to the nurse, I'm going to fly Nikki to the hospital because my air time is over. I have to call another <sighs> helicopter, another pilot. Oh, and then the nurse yelled at him, if you fly Nikki right away to the hospital, she will die. And that's the first time I realized, oh, my goodness, I'm dying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man. It's freaking hilarious because I was not aware. I, mean, I was just... <laughs> I was so occupied with my pain the entire time. I, I'm just, I didn't realize I was dying. I'm just sitting here listening to you talk about this. You're like, and it's freaking hilarious. And I'm thinking, you're dying. This isn't that funny. <laughs> it's like, I guess, I guess when you look back on things, it's just, it's just like. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to be a motivational speaker. I don't want to, I don't want to dwell too much on the negative. I'm <laughs> motivate, you know? motivate. Especially my little thing, because my little thing was broken too, you know. But anyway, so finally, the nurse convinced him to fly without his 
your airplane time. And then I thought uh, that uh, she was more determined than I am because we Germans pretty stubborn. I thought she was more stubborn than I am. So finally, I ended up in the hospital. I still conscious eight hours later. And I'm a paramedic as well, so wow. I have a little bit of medical background. So then the surgeon approached me with a piece of paper for consent, and I asked him what kind of a consent you need to have. I want to amputate your leg. And come on, guys, would you like to be happy to get rid of all your leg? No, I didn't no, know any no, evidence. No. I didn't know what happened to my leg. And I did not x-ray. I didn't see anything as an evidence why you want to cut off my leg. And I refused. And I was a professional boxer and kickboxer back in Europe. So I almost punched him. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not off my leg. you're not cutting off my leg so, so he did not cut off the leg and actually it was a good thing because with my medical background there was a specialized surgeon back in denver colorado who performed the early procedural meaning uh the two major bones the tibia and fibula got with a bone bridge uh fused together and that's called the early procedure usually a, a standard a standard um, amputation is just cutting the flesh off of the bones and then tibia and tibula stress straight like this with no bone bridge in between. So that was actually maybe the reason to answer your question finally 14 months later on after my leg amputation. It's when I did my walk to recovery. Two thousand two miles from Fort up to Maine. They're commenting yeah. on here, uh, I don't think this would qualify as type two fun. This is a new category. <laughs> <laughs> type two fun to the extreme <laughs> yeah and anybody watching the live stream right now um if you have anything that you want to ask nikki by all means uh, y'all can type it and hopefully we can show it i know jason he he read your book or yes. listened to it on audible and amazing uh, absolutely amazing you do have nine lives without a doubt nine lives that's for sure <laughs> i had a question though uh you got to do the PCT, and I know you got to do the AT later on. But uh, can you say maybe some of the differences that you had of doing the Pacific Crest Trail to the Appalachian Trail? Of just the different things, yeah, maybe absolutely. the people, I mean, the trail towns, yeah. anything yeah. maybe like that? Yeah, absolutely. The Appalachian Trail is definitely more like a party trail. The reason I'm saying it's a party trail is because you can get off the trail every couple of days, three to four to five days. You have an yeah. opportunity as a trailhead, and you can hitchhike off into a town. And it's awesome. This is uh, trail magic. You met people you never met before, people inviting you into your homes. And, and, and it's very social and it's very awesome. But the Appalachian Trail is hardcore because it has no switchbacks. The Appalachian yes. Trail is straight up and straight down. So it was, I mean, I hiked the Pacific Crest in 2006 with two legs and I thought, oh, easy peasy, I can just walk like easy way uh, switchbacks. No, in Georgia, it goes straight up and straight down. Straight up. So really would like to have uh, <laughs> hiking poles to feather yourself down because it really hurts your knees. So I was really surprised about it because I thought the AT is easier. It's not. It's hard and it's easy in the same time because the easy part is that you can get off the trail. The hard thing, it is no switchbacks and you have to go straight up and straight down. For example, yes. when you hike through the desert, you have to carry so much extra water because you hike through the desert. Yes. Big time amount of weight. I mean, every ounce counts. People cutting even down down toothbrushes in half to save more weight. Think yeah. about how much extra weight you have to carry just going to the death road. Meaning that's why the AT is easier in a way that you don't have to carry all these extra supplies. Hiking to the Sierras in a heavy snow year like 2006, we didn't even saw the trail anymore. We had like snow wow. tops and uh, we had to have self rescue. We have ice axe with us. We have snow wow. climb on just to get ourselves to the Sierras. And the Sierras is like a hike over two weeks just to get from one end to another end, meaning you have to carry also two-week supply of food. Food supply heavy, you know what I'm saying? So that means extra weight, extra more 
strength on your body. So the AT, by the better able, the, the fact of the matter, you can get off the trail and resupplying and don't have to carry that much weight. That makes a big, a big difference. But definitely hardcore up and down rock scrambles. I mean, it was more like rock scrambles up in Maine, uh, like in the high mountains, um, all the way up. Katahdin is definitely a rock scramble. Katahdin is definitely a hardcore mountain too. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you about uh, the New Hampshire, the Whites. Like when you're going through that. Yeah. Yes, that, the the Mount Jefferson, Mount Washington, and that area. That's pretty beautiful. I've actually been in that area. Beautiful, but then you're out of the woods because the, the Appalachian Trail is a hike to the woods. And then yes. the White Mountains, there's no more trees. So you being in a hammock, but I really enjoyed I was in a hammock. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. You was in a hammock. There's no worries. The hammock up there. They have like these beautiful mountain huts and they have delicious food and, and tourists paying big time money to be able to sleep in like a bunk. And uh, they let us sleep in the, in the common area where the people had around the, the meals. And they let yes. us just sleep on the ground there. And that was really, really nice. So I didn't even had to carry my hammock at that point. And, um, and then entertainment was awesome because even I had like a theater place in one of the hats. So with wow. the tourists who paid big time money. So they fed us for free and we saw a little tiny entertainment. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's very um, unique. And the beautiful about the 18 and PCT because they're so unique from each other, so different. They are completely two different trails. And if the both would be the similar one, it would be not the same as excitement. Then um, by the fact of the matter, they're all really different, way different yeah. from each other. I really enjoyed. Oh, go ahead, Jason. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. I was just going to say, I really enjoyed hearing how everybody was so nice on the AT and how many times you stayed at different people's houses. The people was just like, hey, come on, you know, stay with me for a night or two. And and I just thought that was really awesome on the AT. Well, that was the talking. Pacific West Trail as well, too. And it doesn't matter you're missing a leg or not. <laughs> I mean, I got a little bit more attention with the fact of the matter. I was pulling a record, so I got a little bit more kind of a, kind of a support because also I did hike because the average person hikes between four and six months. For me, yes. for my walk to recovery, the first day was five miles, and I was able to make 20 mile hikes again. But I had also a couple of times infections because I pushed myself too hard and I had like um, too much frictioning on my skin with the prosthetic leg. And I was enveloping blood underneath my skin. The blood got an infective, infectives, infective. Mm, yes. yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, infection. Then infection was then the reason I had to take antibiotics. So it was like three or four times off the trail. And I had to recuperating for my, I had like a big uh, baseball uh, ball underneath my skin. That was infection. Oh, it took me like oh. a several days um, with the infection and the antibiotics to Heal that up, and that's part of the book as well. There's a couple of pictures of my infection where I had like 10 days off the trail, and also had a couple of times building a new leg, meaning that's why it cost me nine and a half months. And that's why I'm in the hike in the winter months all the way to December back south um, to um, to where I love the trail in Glasgow, uh, South uh, Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia. Anyway, so that's that's why I got picked up a couple million times from people who heard about my story only because of social media, Facebook. People all of a sudden realized who I was on the on the trail when I lived close by, and then it just gave me um and then kind of a little probably opportunity to be uh, accommodated by driven different trail angels to stay overnight and not freezing my butt off every night. <laughs> well, we got a question for this is a really good question from Paparazzi takes a hike. Uh, does the scar tissue affect how your reaction to cold and wet on the trails? Are you more sensitive to the cold? Well, the scar tissue was, was an issue not because of cold or warm temperatures. The scar tissue is the most vulnerable part of your skin. And that's where the infection occurred because, um, 
I had to stop every so often, put uh, like lubrication onto it, like Vaseline, to lubricating that area. Because uh, when you're hiking that many miles every day, it's just frictioning on your skin, and you really make sure you're lubricating it. And that was a kind of a pain in the butt along the way, stopping and taking care for your skin. Skin is really the difficult part by long distance hiking when you have an amputation. Yeah, that was definitely well. Pain what in the about butt. Uh, losing <laughs> weight? Like you usually lose weight on the trail. Did that do any problems with the prosthetic? Yeah, exactly. So I had to get another leg built along the way because um, my volume changed from the limp because you're losing lots of weight. Also, the, the, the limp changes volume as well. And that's why they had to build me a new leg. And I got incredible help uh, with the prosthetic companies I met along the way. And they really um, accommodated me along the way and didn't charge me. I didn't have to file oh. bankruptcy. I didn't have to file bankruptcy <laughs> enough. <laughs> so I got lucky. <laughs> if we were to remove um, the leg out of the equation, right? And let's say that you're hiking the Appalachian Trail. What are some of the other big challenges that you face that, maybe in combination with the fact that um, you're doing it with one leg, but what are some of the other big challenges if you tried to remove as much of that from the equation as possible? Are the challenges like doing what? Doing the Appalachian Trail. Why you're on it, oh, if the leg okay, wasn't besides, a problem. Besides the leg, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely mental. I mean, people thinking it's a, it's a walk in a park, it's not. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. it's like, um, it's not Disneyland. I mean, you're not getting up and everything is easy peasy. I mean, you have severe weather, you have freezing temperatures, Mark Katahdin kicked my butt big time. I got hypothermia, frost snip on my toes. Wow, um, wow. So that was definitely not wow. fun. Uh, the weather changed from like from the 75, 80s into a lower 50s. And then it starts uh, raining and then it starts um, snowing. And then all of a sudden temperature was below freezing. And then the wind kicked big time. And um, I was in the ridge and it was like the same scenario, almost three, four, 45 feet again into the crevasses. Anyway, I mean, um, that was the first time I had to call my, in my life, uh, 911, wow. about uh, getting me uh, help to get me out of that thing. Um, so, yeah, that's just definitely not a walk in a park. You should be prepared and don't get your equipment at Walmart. It doesn't help you for sure not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... Uh... <laughs> Jeremy from All Things Outdoors is wanting to know what to kind of. I was just getting ready to throw that up there. I was just getting ready to throw that up on the screen. He's wanting to know uh, what kind of, what kind of hammock do you uh, did you use? I got you originally... Sugulagi Hennessy hammock sponsored me. I was at Trail Days. Wow. Uh, there was in uh, I think it was Virginia Trail Days. I hiked it in 2015. So I don't remember all these places. I'm sorry, but some some place of the Trail Days. I think it was Virginia. Uh, Mr. Hennessy who sells this incredible hammock sponsored me with an amazing super lightweight hammock. And then the company will make like a quilt to keep you warm in the winter season. They sponsored me also with the quilt as well, too, because I pulled that record in that year in 2015. So that was super, super nice. I got really incredible help along the way with uh, sponsorship from different companies. And that was very nice. I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for my sponsors. Uh, Hyperlite Mountain Gear also sponsored me with an ultra lightweight. Yeah, um, I got one of their backpacks. Backpack. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got a, we got a comment on here from Derek Hughes. He said, Gypsy, you are inspirational. I walked half of the West Highland way last week in Scotland and I thought I was tough wild camping five days and in five minutes, you've humbled me beyond words. Respect. So <laughs> awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great comment. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, 
BionicGypsy.com is my website. Bionic Gypsy. Yeah. yeah. I like it. That's my uh, name of my sailboat. I just purchased last year in Puerto Rico a sailboat. Awesome. So actually, whatever, I mean, I was planning to do everything what I'm doing right now anyway. I was planning anyway to hike the Appalachian Trail after I hike the Pacific Coast Trail. So right now I'm just doing it with one leg. So everything what I'm doing right now, one leg, what I was planning to do anyway, I guess what I'm pulling a record. So I was planning <laughs> all my life to sail around the world. And now I guess what I'm pulling a third record. First record, hike the Appalachian Trail, number static. Second record, I became the first female bicycle from San Francisco down the Key West and all the way wow. up to Georgia on a prosthetic leg. And now my third record, after I purchased my boat last year in Puerto Rico by uh, uh, sailing around the world. I don't want to do it single-handed, single-handed meaning I'm doing it by myself. I already have a companion. It's my main coon cat. Meow. He's <laughs> 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 an amazing cat. It's uh, the biggest domestic breed. He's getting bigger by the minute. I got him when he was 10 weeks old, and uh, he eats like a half a horse of today. I think I feel like I have to file bankruptcy sooner or later. <laughs> well, we got another comment on here saying that you make me look lazy. The real superwoman. Well, there are some there's some pretty impressed people out here tonight watching you uh talk about what's can, going on can I ask how many question? people yeah. watching us right now can you see yeah do you know yeah, how, many, how many watching us right now yeah right i think right now we have uh on the youtube channel 37 um actively watching and i don't think that i told you this but we do the live stream and then we'll upload the audio and uh a lot of people a lot more people will hear it on the uh, the podcast audio version, but we like to do the live stream too because okay. that way the audience, you know, if it's fans of yours or ours or whoever, can pop in and ask questions and interact with the guest. Cool, awesome. Can they understand Jason. my heavy accent too? You have an accent. <laughs> they can understand mine. They can understand yours. <laughs> I didn't notice. You have an accent? Uh, <laughs> I think I need more wine. I need more wine. <laughs> I think Jason's got a question for you. Yes. Uh, I, in your book, you did a little kayaking on that section uh, and going down there. What do you think of the kayaking? You Have you done a lot more of kayaking in your life? I do the kayaking. I love kayaking. I love doing it in the summertime. I just get your perspective on what you thought about it it was awesome um it was a little bit uh, challenging uh trying to figure out where you can get the kayak like renting the kayak the rental companies then didn't make it easy for you to make the whole distance the whole distance was like over 10 days long from the Shenandoah river it was like um in um glasgow that's where i got off the trail got a hitchhike ride um all the way up um and i forgot the name of the area where i finally launched with the kayak but guess what um i don't want to advertising walmart i don't like the walmart and oh my god a walmart kayak for <laughs> <laughs> and i bought this uh, gorilla duct tape you know yes. gorilla duct tape oh yes definitely. Anyway, yeah so i i, I know at, uh, at at times the the, the river because it was not really a heavy snow season or rain season so the river was really shallow and a bunch of rocks can scrape you open in no time yes. so i put Heavy duty gorilla duct tape underneath on the bottom. I think that really helped, helped a lot. And then, so you um, went through some rapids, little rapids um, here and there. Yeah, that was that was actually scary. And I had a companion, and he. Uh, if if I would had gone by myself, I would probably have hiked around it. Will take the rest of the day, but um, that he, I saw him. He made it, and I thought, of course, your ego. Was, you think you see someone else doing it? Oh, absolutely! Do I'm well. going. Yeah. Then I, yeah, right, and that was my trouble because then it was like this gigantic boulder and I got capsized sideways so the 
kayak was facing parallel to the coast. And then um, and the, then the current was pushing against my cargo and it's all plastic and the plastic all starting bending with all the gear oh inside. Goodness. And then my buddy was already down somewhere on a sandbank and he didn't show up and was waiting for 30 minutes. My kayak was squeezed more and more like a sausage tied together. Oh, and he didn't show up. And, and then I thought, what the heck happened to him? Maybe he got injured. So then finally I decided to slide to, to, to scoop scoop down uh, in my but my rear end butt all the way down the river just to find him oh, he was wow. sitting on a sand bank and uh, took a smoking break and um, drinking break <laughs> 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 so we all together back up to the kayak he helped me to get all the, the the gear was made really heavy to turn the kayak around so we could took all the gear out of the compartments and then we able we were able to put the kayak around with beforehand so was able to go back in there and put the gear back in and then uh the guy survived amazing 200 guy from walmart survived amazing awesome and awesome. i made it down the river but that was that was the most uh challenging part uh, uh having him um not knowing what happened to him and yeah but you should read the book i don't want to get too much more in details about that because <laughs> i think yeah, i already yeah. sold him too much i changed his real name anyway so it's it's um it's anonym on that book but uh i think the when you read the book, the story gets more in detail about what really happened. Yeah, you are amazing. I mean, skydiving, motorcycling, cycling, sailing, kayaking, backpacking. I mean, well, kickboxer, boxer. That is amazing. That's absolutely awesome. Well, here's a question for you. Is the CDT for the Triple Crown in the plans? Ooh. Nope. No, 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 no. no. that was definitive. That was not even like no. a, there was no like break at all in that. Not at all. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't need a stupid crown. I don't have to be a triple crown. I don't need a crown. Um, no, my life is right now my sailboat, and I have a commitment right now. Um, I have a Maine Coon cat. I just got him a year ago. Those um, are huge cats. Yeah, Those he's eating like a half horse cats. a day. Pretty soon I'd have to file bankruptcy because all the amount of food. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking? no, I mean, I'm committed to my sailboat. My sailboat is my last bucket list because it's plumbing, electricity, um, it's navigation, it's so good. I mean, it's everything. Uh, even even psychology, uh, dealing with different crews and being a shrink and dealing with Fitzgerald. I mean, it's definitely kicking your butt big time. I mean, CDT is probably a cool trail, but I like, uh, I like to socialize with people and the CDT is way more kind of... Um, even in interacting with that much many people in compared with PCT and the AT, it's a little bit more isolated. And you have to do bushwalking on your own. Um, no, no. I think I did enough hiking in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another question. If you could do either the PCT or the AT again, which would you choose? Well, definitely I would did the PCT again if I had two legs. With one leg, I would do the AT again. Yeah. But with two legs, definitely the PCT. I mean, with one leg, I cannot think myself. I can pull off the PCT with one leg. In a heavy snow year, on um, heavy um, uh, fires, what happens right now again and again if the fire? I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, the PCT. PCT is, so my language, amazing. It's 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 amazing. It's the best trail. It's the best long distance trail I think exists on this planet Earth. I hiking to the Sierras in a heavy snow year. Hiking to snow cups wow. and. Uh, being two weeks in the wilderness where nobody can get there besides helicopter or by foot. It's wow. it's very rare. I mean, only a few percentage on the planet Earth 
can say the hike to Sierras and they have this new year. It's, it's beautiful. It's great. It's great. We, we've got it's a comment from earlier in one of our conversations. Um, I can understand her accent, but not Mr. Backpacking with Jason. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> That's that Kentucky uh, accent. some vino, vino, vino. <laughs> also, uh, Karen Griswold. Karen Griswold wanted to say, uh, I agree with Derek Hughes. You are truly an inspiration. I live in New Hampshire and I hike the Whites. I will forever have you in my heart where I'm struggling up those beasts. Total respect, girl. So, thank you, thank you. Really good. I'll tell you. So you're gonna be purchasing my book. uh, I'm pushing on my walk to a covering Appalachian Trail. For everything that I say in my book, my book is a memoir. It goes back and forth in time. I also did skeleton races in Switzerland right after my leg amputation. It's like like a a bobsled, but this is like a sled. It's like a skeleton. You're going face down in like a ice tunnel with like 90 miles per hour. What I'm trying to say is, um, like a year later, um, uh, there was a lady with lupus who hiked the um, Appalachian Trail, and she claimed herself that she hiked it. And the following year, she claimed herself she hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. So nobody peed on my legs so far yet uh, that I did <laughs> make up. Because in my book, for every everything that I say in my book, there's evidence, there's pictures. And you Google my name, Nikki Rilon, and um, and I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. When I did uh, the motivational speaking engagement at the uh, Appalachian Conversancy, there's actually two people got up in the audience in 2006 who actually was with me on the trail. And then uh, 90% of the people got off the seats where I was asking who saw me on the trail in 2015. So what I'm saying is everything I'm telling in my book, um, I have evidence and I'm not a con artist. And I think it's horrible that this woman who hiked a year later with lupus made that whole thing up and didn't made it for real it sucks i, I just want to say that that's it's not good yeah <laughs> yeah. Made it up. yeah i didn't know anything about that but i'm sure that that would be uh very frustrating because when other people say that they're doing that kind of stuff and they're not it discredits you mm-hmm. and yeah. that's not yeah. fair to you well she gave me the inspiration to put all these pictures in my book because i felt like at that point i have to make proof that everything when i say in my book is for yeah. granted it's real and, and that's why um, the book comes with the photos and the ebook comes with the photos. And then the, there's another hard copy without photos. And then the audio, of course, there's no photos idea either. But um, everything that I tell in my book uh, has evidence. Fine. And also, you can Google my name and the TV interviews and everything. And especially the motivational talk with the Appalachian Trail Conference. And even uh, 90% of the audience got off the, off the seats because they saw me on the trail in 2015. That gives enough evidence oh. right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would highly. I'd highly encourage everybody to read your book because like you said, so I, we do this podcast and I read books and it's a, it's the backpacking podcast, right? So it's mostly about backpacking, that kind of thing. So we have on authors and stuff and your book is different because it is, it's not just a, a trail journal of your account and there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. I, I really enjoy talking to people all the time on here that talk about their AT experience and if they write a book or whatever type of medium that they put out their content could be a book or maybe Instagram or videos on YouTube or whatever. But yours is different because it not only has an account of what you did on the Appalachian trail, but it also has all those, those stories of what your life has been like. And you've done so much and are so inspirational and, and motivating and interesting that I would highly encourage anybody to check it out because I think different is better than better. And and that's what you are. Well, we've read a couple of trail journals and, and then after a while, it's just 
you hike another 20 miles, you're hiking and a break in between with a peanut sandwich bottle sandwich, you know, I mean, it's always <laughs> yeah. the same thing after a while, right? And that's why I, it's just not a linear story. So the story breaks up. So it's like, um, I have like uh, the side story. It's like I'm going back and I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail and I had like a severe river crossing and I'm com comparing the river crossing from the AT to the PC team. So, and um, and then I just uh, think it makes it more interesting reading a book like as a memoir. A memoir is like an autobiography and, and tells you more about it. I mean, there are like some negative reviews on Amazon were saying, oh, it took her three chapters before she starts hiking the trail. Well, that's why my subtitles called my walk to recovery, meaning I have to explain the story why I it came to a recovery story. I have to explain the, yep. the accident and everything. And of course, it takes a couple chapters before I can start hiking the trail. But anyway, but you know, I always uh, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're always getting good reviews, you're getting better reviews. But I think the reviews on Amazon are pretty outstanding. I have like a 4.8 star review, five is max, so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We Some do have another question for you. Oh, uh, Chris Acone uh, is on here. Wants to know, do you plan on circumnavigating? Yeah, it's the journey, it's not a destination. So I'm planning right now. I mean, it's already part of the circumnavigation that I purchased the boat last year in Puerto Rico, sailed it down to uh, Dominican Republic. I painted the boat pink. I'm only one of the few boats with actually pink. <laughs> and actually, I have a story painted on my boat as well. My cat uh, is called Lucifer. It's painted on my boat, boat and it's written down Lucifer. Then you can see me falling off a cliff. So it's like a hike again, uh, like a little figure oh. falling off the cliff. And then a shark tooth in the front of the boat. <laughs> so that with uh, the Black Widow. You know, the Black Widow, it's the male after sex. Just kidding, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I had all, all these kind of images in my head that I want to put on my boat. And then one guy came up into my boat and said, Hey, Nikki, all your images are amazing, look really incredible, but it's all negative. That Black Widow eats the male, you falling off the cliff, the shark teeth eats someone along the way, and Lucifer is not eat, that's not positive either. So, oh my goodness, you're right. I didn't realize that. But anyway. <laughs> But anyway, okay. so Neptune kept me alive from uh, Puerto Rico to Haiti, um, uh, to uh, Dominican Republic, uh, to the Bahamas, to West Palm Beach, and right now to Georgia, Brunswick. And Brunswick, that's where I'm planning to stay another year from now on, to doing all the upgrades, you know, more solar panels, better battery bank, and then um, navigation system has to be um, kind of improved all the good stuff. And then I will go back to the Bahamas and then um, probably Cuba and then keep on going. Awesome. Sure. Anyway, the long awesome. way around. The long way around. Live it. That's right. I want to add one thing. Live it. Um, <laughs> um, so for people that are just listening to this, um, I know that Nikki's already said this. Let me reiterate that she actually is on a boat right now. And so if you hear any anything in the background, <laughs> she is actually on the water as we speak now with that said uh, i think jason he had something that he was wanting to ask well in your book i really uh your recovery the way that you had in the book i thought that was pretty amazing everything as jeremiah was talking about earlier it's just not about the appalachian trail or the pct it's a whole about everything about you and i thought everything of that was very interesting and hearing your recovery because i know that had to be very very painful and just with the mind and having and then having everything to go do the appalachian trail that is just amazing i mean absolutely amazing blows me away that you you was able to do it and finish it and the mindset of finishing it 
because I'm sure there was many times, so many bad weather nights that you was ready to get off the Appalachian Trail and just say, ah, forget it. I'm not going to finish it. But you did finish it, and you pushed on as the book goes on there, push on. And I just thought that was amazing through your recovery and how you explained different things through your recovery with maybe some of the good nurses, bad nurses, and, and rehabilitation and everything. And, uh, yeah, that I guess I really didn't have a question. I was just want to say uh, how much I was awesome about it. Well, I want to tag something onto there because this is one, something I wanted to talk to Nikki about. It is so frustrating to me, some of the things that we accept. So, like, for instance, myself, um, I graduated college, put on some weight. I was always kind of a bigger guy, and then I lost that weight. And there's a lot of people that would just prescribe you, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll prescribe you medicine to take care of ailments that come with issues. And John, um, he has lost weight in the past, and he is actively on a journey doing that. And, John, how much weight have you lost at this point? I don't actually know right now. Well, I, I know it's more than 50 pounds. Well, so we're talking 50. like, yeah, it's way over 50. It's so like, my like point is a lot of people want to take the easy way out and they just want to put a bandaid on something and they want to like, I was having bad back issues. And instead of getting prescribed a bank, a painkiller, like I listened to a, a doctor and a physical therapist that said, Hey, you can beat this, but you actually had to do something about it. Right. You actually had to lose that weight. And one thing that I found really frustrating is, in your book, you talk about the doctors and nurses or physical therapists or anybody telling you, no, this is just like the life that you have to accept. Okay, you lost your leg, so now you're bound to a wheelchair or you're going to be on crutches or you can use a prosthetic, but it's going to take this many months before you can do something. How did you overcome those, what I would consider bad physicians, in order to actually pursue the, the life that you wanted? Because you just said... I'm still doing all the same stuff I wanted to do. Push on. Well, lucky me, I'm German. We have come with German heritage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when people tell me what I cannot do, actually it motivates me to prove more wrong. So it was really awesome. funny because uh, my prosthesis who built my prosthetic legs told the doctor would cut off my leg, would perform the amputation. That actually I had a year later, two thousand well, he was completely in denial. He didn't believe it. And then um, after I did hike the Appalachian Trail, I had to um, see him again because I broke my femur skiing. So after I hiked 2,200 miles, I was skiing and then I broke my femur. So I had to see him for a follow-up appointment. I'm kind of a crazy, crazy nutcase. But anyway, so, and I had a hand-signed copy of my book, Push On With Me. So I was signing that book for the doctor where I amputated my leg. But then... Um, I had, uh, I had like 15, 20 minutes uh, waiting time in the waiting room and I was asking for the patient report because I'm a paramedic. So I know that I can have, I actually asked that request to read what he writes about me. And then I was reading what he's writing about me. Nikki Willon doesn't fall to the right prescription of my pain medications. He asked me too many questions and uh, whatever else negative stuff about me. So guess what? This book stayed with me. It, I didn't give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> So, so do you actively water ski? Do you actively water ski right now? I did water ski when I had two legs back in the days, but uh, I'm not water skiing anymore. I mean, um, I did so many things in my life right now. I'm staying right now 100% on my sailboat because this is my last bucket list. Because uh, the bucket list is right now not just sailing, it's just plumbing, electricity, um, it's chart reading, it's psychology, dealing with different crew because my boat is a 33-foot-length boat. So I have uh, a couple of different peoples on the boat once in a while. 
And uh, I mean, it's kicking your butt big time. I mean, it's, it's definitely a never-ending story. You think you can get some comedy work done in less than two weeks? Takes me four months now because you cannot find people anymore. I'm going to do any work and on someone else's boat anymore. It never ends. It's just uh, once you're being done, you start all over again. Something breaks down again. It's just a never-ending story. So definitely, that's why I'm saying from the heart of a beat, continental divide is out of the equation because sailing is definitely kicking my butt big time. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That's you like, amazing. I've never heard anybody say this is my last bucket list thing. Like nobody gets that far. Most people they got their bucket list, they hit like three of them, and I'm then they're like, just I like, oh, I got so list. much to go. And you're sitting there going, I got all of it. I just got one thing left. Check mark. Yeah. Oh, check mark. Check my bucket is so good. full. My bucket is so full. <laughs> She's like, this is the last one. This last one. I'm good. <laughs> You have had an amazing no, I can life. Say, uh, you have had an amazing life. This is the show I go eat my leg off my leg. <laughs> Every oh, time. wow. Wow. <laughs> well, actually, here in Brunswick, uh, it's actually a really cool place. You can, uh, after it rains, a lot of water. There's like a section um, of um, the, the sand beach where actually you can, you can, you don't even have to dig. You just walk after it rains a lot. And then you can, you can find it. And I found it. Actually, a friend of mine found it with me. And uh, that's a cool shark. No, and my new store is right now because I make new stores up all the time. So this is the shark that's eating off my leg. <laughs> but guess what? I have a big ass Fane Coon cat. So nobody asks any questions anymore about my prosthetic leg because I have Grateful Dead on my prosthetic leg. And uh, everybody was asking me about questions about my Grateful Dead. Kind of oh, that's design. great. That's everybody awesome. is ignoring me right now because I have a main coon cat. Everybody asks questions about my cat, not anymore. Anything about my leg amputation or about Grateful Dead or nothing about my chantus anymore now either. <laughs> did, you pick, uh, did you pick the uh, the design on your leg? They They let you pick that out? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's really simple. I, um, I, I was um, able to choose. Uh, I mean, I put as a T-shirt, and you can just uh, laminate the T-shirt onto your prosthetic leg. That's all what it is. And I picked that uh, T-shirt. Yeah. Okay. Now, how Earth big Earth is this Earth cat? Earth, actually, my, my skeleton on my prosthetic leg. She's a female. It's Eartha. It's Eartha. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that I, really cool. I want to hear a little bit more about this cat. That they are you, huge. You referenced- You've referenced a few times, and I've never even heard of this breed. How big are we talking once once your cat is full grown? Oh, you see, I mean, he looks like a wild animal. I mean, uh, he has a tail like a raccoon. I had him, I had him in a grocery cart, and his tail was just sticking out. And some people were like, "Oh my goodness, do you have a raccoon in your grocery cart?" It's too bad if I would have been on my own boat right now. I could have shown off with my cat. Because you will be sitting all over my lap right now, and you could see the tail floating around back and forth. But I'm right wow. now in a beautiful catamaran, and um, so um, of course uh, it's um, oh, no no allowed uh, for any any pets. But anyway, my my cat is cool, and uh, if you want to see more pictures of my cat, check out my web uh, Facebook page Bionic Gypsy. This and, is uh, I have a YouTube channel as well Bionic Gypsy. I'm not posting too many videos right now because I'm not ready yet. Um, because um, I have too many maintenance stuff on my boat to keep on going. But once I'm taking off, I will have making sure I'm posting every two weeks uh, another video episode on the Bionic Gypsy YouTube video channel. Holy moly. I just that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's size, a Maine Coon. That's the size of his daddy. That's just the size of his daddy. That's the size of a Maine Coon cat. Yes. Yes, that's oh a Maine Coon right there, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, like, that's that's they color. are massive. <laughs> Massive. Same color. Mine has the same color. I have a friend who has two here in Lexington. Beautiful. They're massive John, cats. John, will you put it back up there? Yeah, I'll put it back up there. 
So for the people just listening, you got to Google this. It's pointy ears, striped cat. It is the size of the person holding it. I mean, it is huge. You, you got to check it out. I'd be intimidated. I'd be oh, yeah. They're gentle. They are some of the most gentle cats. They're gentle cats, man. They're super friendly. They think they are dogs. They really believe they are dogs. I don't even like cats, and I like those and he things. Swims. I never tell you, so he swims in the water. So I have him on my kayak. So I talk him to a different sailboat in the distance. And my cat just decides to jump off the kayak after I taught him already how to swim. He jumps off the kayak, swims over this other sailboat. And it happened to be that I have a cat on the boat, so he had a litter box. So my cat used the litter box, pooped and peed in their litter box. I have to rescue my cat off the sailboat. <laughs> a kayak over the down sailboat, and then guess what? I'm German. They gave me a beer. I got the beer. So my cat has a seven sense. My cat knows when I need a beer. Uh, that's great. <laughs> okay, we, you just you just opened Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah, you just opened Pandora's box because this may be the most irreverent question. But I'm going to ask it because this is what we do here. What's it like pooping in the woods with one leg? Uh, everybody wants to know go. they all want to know nobody's asking it nobody's asking it but everybody wants to know easy answer easy answer now you know why i'm wearing a kilt that's awesome. Now you know. You answer your question. Now you know. I knew that question had to be asked. Yeah. <laughs> we, we always somehow get to the poop talk on the backpacking podcast. They've been asking for it in the comments this whole time. It had to come up. And when you talked about yeah. the cat poop, it was like, okay, there it is. Doors now open. You know, Let's my, go. My hiker's hiking behind me all the time. Now you know, too. Now. <laughs> okay, here it is. Here it is. I admit it. I thought about asking it. See, I told you they were thinking it. Everybody was thinking it. But a kilt, that is brilliant. You're going to see a lot more guys that have heard that now. And they're all, all of a sudden going to start seeing guys camping and backpacking with kilts on. And you're going to ask them why, and they're all going to say. Off. I didn't have to even take my backpack off. I just kept my backpack on, you know. Oh, wow. wow. That's efficient. That's efficient. Her one leg is really strong. That's that's helpful. It comes easy on and easy off. <laughs> that is great. Wow. So uh, we're we're kind of getting at the end of the show, but before we wrap things up, uh, I want to give you the chance to tell everybody if they want to follow you more or want to consume some of the content that you've created or follow along with any of your journeys, what are some of the best places that they can check all of that out? Well, if you want to know more about the book, definitely bionicgypsy.com. If you want to follow my uh, daily process, what I'm doing every day, uh, it's not my public page so much anymore. Nikki Rilon, it's more Bionic Gypsy Facebook. And then, um, right, yeah, so pretty I'm much YouTube and uh, Bionic Gypsy Facebook. It's the most so, um, places right. you can actually find stuff stuff. out about what I'm doing right now every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And the name of your book Bionic one more Gypsy, time? Facebook, Bionic Gypsy. Instagram and uh, my Facebook page is uh, uh, my uh, website is bionicgypsy.com. Gotcha. And what did you say the name of your book was one more time for everybody? Uh, push on my walk to recovery and ablation. And Bionic Gypsy has all the links to the different formats. My book comes in an audiobook, ebook, audiobook, hard copy with photos, and hard copy yes. with art photos. So, actually, four different uh, variations of the 
book push on my wall to recover and update yeah, trail. As a good read, it's a memoir, it goes back and forth awesome. in time. Some people bitched about uh, that it takes three chapters before I hiked the, hike in the update trail, but it's my walk to recovery, so I have to tell a little bit about what happened to me, that it became a walk to recovery, so I don't have an expectation that the book starts right away right away from hiking on. So I used to explain the, um, the excellent uh, story and everything else too, but um, anyway, I feel like it's a good read. I got a 4.8 uh, uh, star rating and a 5 is a max, so I do pretty good right now, the reviews. <laughs> Yeah, I give it five out of five. I give it five out of five. It was yeah. an awesome book. Awesome. And yeah. when you say you have nine lives, don't you forget to write a review. Lives. You have to write a review on my um, uh, Amazon page. Now you know I haven't already. <laughs> I already did give you a five out of five. I, I started the book and finished it the next day. It was, it no was way. so good. In one day? You read it in it, one well, day? It was less than 24 hours. It wasn't all in one day because I started in the afternoon, but I finished it the next day. Yeah, it oh, wow. is really good. I'm I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not shooting smoke just because you're a guest. I really enjoyed it, and I think it's different. and And it was good. Yeah, so yeah, I'm excited. Which format you read? You read the ebook or the hard copy with the photos or the other photos? I like to listen to it. Oh, so you read the audiobook. Yeah, I did oh, the, the audio book. book. Oh, you did the audio book, okay. Yeah, it's the easiest way yeah, I think to consume. Yeah, he's a professional voiceover. He did an excellent job. He was a professional voiceover. He, he uh, was volunteering on my open request because I was looking for female voiceovers, and he jumped in and asked me, uh, hey, if you can accept a male voiceover? I'm really intrigued with your story, and that's why I got him. And he was the best of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Really oh, he did an excellent him. job. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yes, definitely. John, Jason, anything that uh, anything that we didn't hit that y'all still wanted to ask Nikki before we wrap this up? Nikki, do you think that Jeremiah should come out with some T-shirts? Because I really feel like he needs to, and we can't get him to. We can't convince him to. Maybe we need somebody awesome like you to convince him he needs to come out with T-shirts. I mean, yeah, you can wear my Bionic Gypsy T-shirt with my cellboard. Uh, there we go. There, there we go. go. I'll, that's I'll someone knows how to sell Nikki. themselves. <laughs> Learn some lessons, Jeremiah. She knows how to sell. She knows how to sell things. I did want to ask her one last question. Uh, you heard of Grandma Gatewood? Who oh yeah, I had a, a little bit of story about in my book as well too. Yeah. How amazing was that? I mean, your your journey on the AT and hers is just both. Yeah, she was my personal hero. She hiked with uh, the shower curtain as a tent. I mean, uh, and she was already in her 60s, 70s. I don't really remember, but she was definitely out there. And uh, she, the trail was definitely underdeveloped. It was definitely way, way tougher. There was no easy, easy heavy. I mean, it had Cuban fiber tent, a Cuban fiber backpack, super lightweight gear. She just had like a little tiny bag hanging around her your body and uh, backed for food along the way. I mean, this people rocked back in the days. I mean, think about it. my grandparents came from World War II. He was in a Russian concentration camp and he never talked a story about it. I mean, what I'm saying, we're getting too spoiled. We're getting too wimpy. But you're not killed to make you stronger, you know? <laughs> hey, the kill, you might see me backpacking with a kill <laughs> since I just heard her story about, it, <laughs> about how easy it is to leave your backpack on. So I'm like, uh, because I'm telling backpack you, backpack I want to be kill. there. You can poop and keep anywhere with your backpack on. <laughs> I passed a guy in Oregon with a kilt, uh, wearing a kilt. I thought about getting one, man. A kilt? Yeah. The backpack in. I don't know about around town. I don't know if it's for me. But backpacking, maybe. <laughs> I just want to be there when either one of you wear one and get pictures. Oh, I'll let you take the pictures, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm ready. John, you got anything else? No, man. I'm good, brother. Awesome. Well, Nikki, 
if you want to hang out for just a second in the green room, we'll put you in there and then then chat for a couple of seconds after the show. But I really appreciate you um, getting back to me and coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. And definitely go check out her website and her book and everything that she does. It was awesome. Thank Absolutely. you, Nikki. Well, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, ma'am. Thanks. thanks. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. So... She, Jeremiah, I have to throw this out here real quick. It has to be seen. Even your wife says everyone wants oh. the stickers. Oh. Jeremiah. Bridget. <laughs> Bridget. <laughs> you don't have stickers either? I don't have any stickers yet. You got stickers, JK? Nobody wants my stickers. They want Jeremiah's stickers. Oh. I ride the coattails think- in this relationship, man. Don't you know this by now? I ride the. I hang out with you guys so that people pay attention to me. That's that's it. I, like, I think they want Nikki stickers. Uh, I think everybody hey, wants a Nikki sticker. Yeah, absolutely. Every, I want a Nikki sticker. If we if we did, if you combine everything that we've done in our life, it doesn't hold the candle to to what she has done. It's just so impressive, man. There's yeah, nothing I, she hasn't done. Absolutely nothing that she hasn't done. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, skydiving, sailing, kayaking, motorcycle, bicycles, backpacking. Has she wrestled an alligator yet? I don't know about the alligator. That's how I heard. That's how she lost her leg. Oh yeah, get the book just to hear the the bear story. I'm not going to tell it to you because I you got to get the book to hit to hear the bear story. Yeah, which was pretty amazing. And uh, no, she's got a lot of other stories too in Germany and everything else. Uh, I think uh, she worked on a boat in Alaska. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's I mean, just crazy. It's, it's, uh, Jason, are you yes. seeing this? It says that uh your lady dot wants stickers too. Oh. Uh, com in it? No, that's Bridget. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was say, I can't believe she's watching. <laughs> uh John, um you want to tell everybody before we leave uh who we're having on next with the mommy and me? Uh if you can give me a couple seconds, I will absolutely do that because uh I don't want to mess things up, you know, cuz that would be really bad. But uh <laughs> next week we're going to be having Kayla Percy on with her little girl, uh, Supergirl. They're going to be on here. Uh, that's Mommy and Me Adventures. They actually, the two of them, backpacked the entire Appalachian Trail this last year, wow. and the little girl is seven. So oh, girl uh, seven. Well, that sounds like my worst old. nightmare. Seven year old, <laughs> seven year old on the trail. I took a three and a four year old out to dinner tonight, and I thought I was going to kill myself. I can't imagine going twenty one hundred <laughs> miles with a child. But hey, I'm excited for this conversation. I mean, they're they're fantastic. They're all they're all over YouTube. They they started up a YouTube channel, and uh, you can go look them up, Mommy and Me Adventures. You can also find them on Instagram. They're fantastic. Uh, really, I love these inspirational stories. I love these stories of people yeah. who. They're, they're going against the odds and, and going for it. It's just exciting Nick, to read about and hear about and see. Yeah. Nikki took – she would not hear a no. She was like push – the book of hers called Push On is definitely yeah. a good – That's like know, the definition. Yes, because, I mean, she just kept pushing on, pushing on, especially on the AT. So many times she could have just bailed. And yeah. Because she wasn't – she was doing it for her. She wasn't doing it for anybody else, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, after talking to inspirational people like Nikki – and uh like kayla who we're having on next week right yep yeah it's always so refreshing whenever we get done because you feel like you can tackle the world makes me want to go backpacking right <laughs> i now. know take your gear <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's right here behind all right john wrap this thing up and uh and everybody make sure that you're here next week in order to catch that live stream and if you're not make sure you check out the audio version absolutely on uh wherever you listen to your podcast 
And big thank you to Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, oh, for being our guest host tonight. Fist bump to you I, too, JK. I, I wasn't even supposed to be here. You know, like my wife decided she wanted to take a bath and she's like, why don't you just go do the podcast? I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> we're on vacation, actually. You know, we're on vacation, but hey, it's all good. So, and Larry, you jumped in what? Five minutes before we started? Two minutes before we started. And I I got on here just to see if you guys had gotten on yet. (laughs) Jeremiah was like, JK's here. I was like, hi, JK. (laughs) I only got one thing to say about that. One thing to say about it. Got one like. Live it. That's all I got to say. With that said, thank you for tuning in to the Backpacking Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Adios. (laughs) That was fun, man. (laughs) Loved it. Absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, that's a lot of fun, man.